Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. In the NIV, it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Father, would you just add your your blessing, your anointing uh, to the reading and the hearing uh, of your word. But God, I pray that when we leave this place today, we don't just have a better understanding of what the Bible says, but that we have a better understanding of who you are and who you've called us to be. Because it does us no good to be hearers of the word unless we're also doers. So Lord, give us that grace and that courage in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, last week I preached a message called uh, Freedom is Worth the Fight. Freedom is Worth the Fight. And I think it was an important message, certainly not because I preached it and, and not because it was the 4th of July. I think it was an important message because so many people are still so bound by things that Jesus died to set us free from. And so I want to follow up on that. I felt like the Lord just sort of pressed pause for me uh, for us to just stay here for a little while. Uh, I want to make sure that we really understand how to fight for your freedom and where to fight. So in other words, I, I want uh, what are the areas in our lives in which we still need freedom? And how do we fight for that freedom? Once we realize we're still in chains to something, how do we get free? And I think it's going to take a couple of weeks at least to to answer those questions. So this is part two of what I think is a three-part series called the Freedom Series. Uh, But we shall see, right? So you may be wondering, John, why are you so concerned about our freedom? Why are you so worried about us being free? Because we have a mission from the Lord to go and make disciples, right? And we can't fulfill the the, the mission of our church if we're not free. You need to be able to run your race without being hindered, without being uh, burdened, without being weighed down by stuff. Now, now Jordan preached a, a masterful message on that very topic. I think it was in April, April or May, about running your race. And if you hadn't heard it, you need to listen to it. We need to be free to be able to run our race. So, as, but as your pastor also, I don't like seeing you struggle with things that you were never intended to carry past the cross. I don't like seeing that in you. And, and if I can say it this way, I've had a glimpse of vision. I've got a glimpse of what your life could be like in freedom. I've got a glimpse of what your family could be. I've got, a, I've got a picture of what our church could be if we could walk in the freedom that Jesus died for us to have. I want, to, I want you to see it as well. And not just see it, I want you to walk in it. 
So that's why we're, that's why we're doing this series. So let's, kind of, let's get into it. The, the scripture that we just read said Jesus, and it was in Galatians chapter 5, it says Jesus died to set us free. But it doesn't just say that he died, it tells us why he died. And if you're not careful, you'll kind of run right through it. But I want you to see, he didn't just save us because we were lost. He saved us so we could be found. He didn't just save us because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He he saved us because he wanted us to have a new and abundant resurrected life. He didn't just save us because we were slaves to our sin and he hates sin and he hates slavery. He did it because he wants us to be free. It was for freedom, the scripture said. It was for freedom that Jesus set us free. He didn't just set us free from something. He sets us free to something. Right? It's not just from bad to better. It's from worst to best. The freedom that Jesus is offering is the absolute best for us and for our lives. So when we get free from the things that are holding us down, it loosens us up to experience all that God has for us. We, that's where we find peace. It's where we find fulfillment. It's where we find intimacy, clear communication with God. We find what we had always hoped to find in a relationship with God when we get free. The problem is, unfortunately, too many American churches stop with salvation. And, and, and in, unfortunately, uh, even still, many times we don't even do a great job of explaining what salvation is. But too many of us stop at salvation and we don't disciple people to sanctification and deliverance. So, so like Lazarus, there are too many people that are they're alive but still bound by their grave clothes. Like the children of Israel, God got us out of Egypt, but there's still way too much Egypt. He's still got to get out of us. So here's the question again. Where do we need to fight for our freedom? In what facets of our lives do we need to be free? We said this in passing last week. Like, How do we know what those things are? We said it last week. I want to say it again so we can sort of drill down on it. Any area of your life that's hindering your relationship with God or that ties you to what He set you free from is is an area that you need to get free in. We need to experience the freedom that He gave us. This is the way, He's like, so how how do I do that? Well, this is the way the psalmist David put it 3,000 years ago. We use this scripture as a benediction. But it's also a formula for freedom. Look at Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. This is the New Living Translation. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, or try me and know my ways, depending on your version. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The path of freedom. So so you have to pray... To the Lord, what is it that's in me that offends you? What is it that's in my heart 
that, that is offensive to you? What is it in my heart that's keeping me bound? What is it in my heart that's causing anxiety, that's causing thoughts that are not of faith? God, show me those things. We have to pray that prayer. Why? So he can set us free, put us on that road that leads to everlasting life. So let's talk about these, uh, these areas that we need to be free in. And, and I, I'm just going to sort of serve you notice. I'm going to meddle a little bit today. We're going to get a little specific today. Okay? Um, there, and here's why. Because there are some things in all of our lives, I'm not excluding me from this, there are things in all of our lives that sometimes are so subtle, we don't think of them as bondage. And some things have been a part of our lives for so long that we just think this is the way it is, the way it's just going to have to be, and we never think about an opportunity to be free from it. So, so I, I started to, you're like, I, I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know specifically. Maybe you don't mention my specific thing. I started to say this differently, but let me just say it this way. I think you'll understand it. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need healing, freedom, saving, he's a prison shaking savior. So if you've got chains, and all of us do, he's a chain breaker. You understand what I'm saying? Anything that can bind you, Jesus already broke it. So um, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, because you're going to ask him, exactly what it is in your life that's keeping you in bondage. But I think we can sort of break them down into three facets, three uh, facets of freedom, three areas in which we need freedom, all of us. And these are the places to look in your life. The things we do, the things we say, and the things we think or feel. The things we do, the things we say, or the things we think or feel. And if you think about that, these three categories have something in common. They are all related to, or they all sort of make up our souls. Biblically, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So if it affects how you think or how you feel or what you do, the decisions you make, it's a soul issue. So if we could experience freedom in the things that we do, say, or think or feel, then we will be a soul set free. And that's the name of the message today, a soul set free. Now, for the rest of our time together, uh, maybe for the rest of eternity, uh, or at least until Jesus comes, please assume I am talking to you. Okay? Not the person next to you. Not your kids that are driving you crazy. Not your spouse. Not your friends and your neighbors. I am talking to you. Why? Why? Oh, Lord, please hear this. Y'all know it's true, but you don't want me to say it. Um, because even, you're like, you don't know my family, John. You don't know my family. Yes, I do. I got family. Calm down. Here's the truth. Even if everybody around you is in bondage, nobody wants to hear the message of freedom from a person who's still in chains. If it ain't worked for you, <laughs> don't tell me about it. 
And here's the deal. Everybody around you knows your chains better than you do. So when you get free, they'll see it and they'll want to know what, what happened. They'll see your freedom and they'll want freedom in their areas. Okay? But it's going to preach way louder than anything you could ever say. All right? So here's the first facet of freedom to become a soul set free, and that's the things we do. Now, I think this is the area that most of us think of when we think of things that we need to be set free from because everybody can see everybody's business that they do. They see that. There, there are some things we do that are obvious or other people. And, and other, other things, though, that we do may not quite be as obvious as something that's, that's uh, got us in bondage. Now, obviously, uh, habits and addictions are right there in front of uh, God and everybody, as they say. Everybody can see those. So if you're drunk every day, if you're getting high every day because of a chemical addiction, then you need to be free from that thing, and you can be. And it's God's will for you to be. But listen, just because you don't have a chemical addiction does not mean that you don't still need to be delivered from some things in your life. So let's don't get all judgy because we don't have a drink and smoking uh, problem. Let, let's understand every one of us has a, an area or more than one area of our lives that, that is still in bondage that we need to be set free from. And, and slavery is slavery no matter what area of life it's in. Okay? So we need to be set free. Here's, the, here's kind of the bottom line of it. Any pattern of repeated behavior can be a form of bondage. Anything that you're doing over and over again could be bondage, and I think if it meets these two criteria here. How do I know if, I, if something is bondage? Something I'm doing is a form of bondage. Well, you do it without thinking. You do it without thinking. Or you lie to yourself about why you're doing it. You lie to yourself or maybe even other people about why you're doing it. So let's kind of break that down. Anything that you do without thinking, without making a conscious decision, might be an area of bondage in your life. You're like, John, what do you mean? Well, here's what I mean. If you're not making the decision to do it, who is? Who's in control? What, what, makes bondage is, what makes it bondage is not necessarily how destructive it is in your life, but the fact that it's operating in your life without consent or without forethought. Something, so, something's happening in your life that you didn't ask it to happen. That's a problem. Now, here's some recent examples or some, some examples, and here's one from, from, my, uh, from my life, so you're welcome. I'm going to start with me. Um, I, I realized recently that I, uh, I eat something sweet every night. Every night. In days, if it's a day ending in Y, I'm going to have something sweet. Now, John, what, what, do you, what kind of sweets do you like? The kind of sweets with sugar in it. All right? I, if it, I like it. Okay? If it's got lemon or something, I need a lot of sugar in it. But, you know, sweet, I just like it if it's sweet. If I can figure out how to eat something sweet after every meal, I'm going to have something sweet after every meal. I like food, y'all, and, and nothing goes better with coffee than some sweet, right? Unless y'all decorate y'all's coffee, and then that's a whole other subject, all right? So that, mm, 
That's, I've, been, I've known that for a long time. I never hid that. But recently, I've gotten, I've gotten convicted about it. Why? Because a lot of times, I didn't even want it. And I was eating it anyway. I was thinking, this ain't even that good. <laughs> Ate the whole thing. Fussing about, this kind of nasty. This is a little stale. But I, I ate it like it's going to get better. As it's going to get less stale the longer I eat it. Sometimes I just found, my, I, I found myself standing in front of the open freezer door. I didn't even decide to go to the freezer. I'm just there looking for stuff. Like a, like a crack addict. Seeing if somebody left something sweet up in there somewhere under the broccoli. <laughs> Get that broccoli out of here. <laughs> Where's the ice cream? Like, that, that daggum Klondike bar running my life. If that hit a little too close to home, I'm sorry about that. But if I got to suffer, y'all need to suffer along with me, all right? So, oh, Lord. Um, now, so, hey, I, I just told you my stuff. Let me tell you your stuff. Um, what about the person? There, there are people that are they're, they're four beers in before they realize they hadn't even made a decision to drink. There, there, there's people, that are, there's ladies that are chatting this guy up. You didn't even make a decision about wanting to have a relationship. You walking out the mall with five bags of clothes or in the Rona, you just got the email confirmation of the $450 you just spent. This Amazon's going to drop on your porch this afternoon of stuff you never decided to buy. Just kind of happened. Okay? And there's a thousand other examples, right? A thousand. So don't think, oh, that was just three. He didn't hit me. Woo! I must be free. No, there's a thousand ways to, have, to, to be in bondage in your life. If you're doing these things without thinking, then somebody else is doing the thinking in your life. might be bondage for you. Or secondly, if you're being dishonest with yourself, about why you're doing it in the first place, then you may be in bondage to it. Let, let's go back to the, to the things we already talked about. Why am I eating something sweet every night? There's a reason I do that. You say, yeah, you got a chemical addiction to sugar. Yeah, but how did I get there? Why did I start eating? Is it, is it emotional? Is it self-comfort? Is, what is it? You say, well, everybody deserves an ice cream... If you start talking about what you deserve, doing things because you deserve it, that might be your first indication that you've got some bondage in your life because that's how you always justify it. Now, let's, let's talk about the guy who's four beers into a case. What are they doing that for? Because you're trying to drown the pain of your day or of your week or of your whole life. You don't need alcohol you need healing. Amen. You, you're chatting this guy up because you think somehow this guy is going to be different than the last 11. 
right? Or because you think if you get with a guy like this, you'll finally prove your mama wrong about you. Or it'll make you feel better about yourself. Or because for some reason that you don't even know, you can't, you're just terrified to go more than a week without a man. You're buying stuff you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like because you have a need to be accepted or to fit in. Or for the dopamine hit that your body gives you when you're shopping. Or because you grew up poor and you made an inner vow to yourself that you would never deny yourself of anything you wanted. Why is it you work two jobs and take all the overtime that you can? Is it for a, did you make a decision for a specific financial goal that you're trying to attain? Or are you avoiding the fact that your marriage is falling apart and you don't want to be home? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you overcompensating for a life of uh, childhood of poverty? And since you didn't have any money, you're just going to make all the money you can possibly make. But you've never talked to yourself about that. Are you trying to keep up with your neighbors? Are you trying to be more successful than your brother is so that your parents will finally see you as something other than a loser? Why are you doing what you're doing? If you're self-soothing, self-medicating, trying to fill an emotional or a spiritual need with something that will never satisfy, then you're in bondage to that thing. And we could, we could just go on and on, right? Because there's a, there's a million ways. Binge watching TV, right? You, you just, I'm just going to watch a show six hours later. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how this happened. There's a reason why it happened. Watching porn. How about taking 68 pictures of yourself every day for all your social media platforms? Rising and falling. You're, you're, how many times a day do you have to check social media to see how many likes or comments you have? And, the, and the, maybe the more important point is Why? Why do you need to see all that? All, all, the, are these, all these things are things that we, uh, that we are doing that may very well be keeping us in bondage in our lives. Stop allowing things to happen in your life when you don't know why they're happening. And don't lie to yourself about what's really going on. Because here's the, here's the bottom line. Chains are still chains, even if they're wrapped in velvet. Second facet of freedom, help us be a, a soul set free. The things that we say, you're like, this is just getting better and better. The things that we say. Let's go to Proverbs 18 because we, we're all going to think about it in just a second anyway. What's the Lord say about our mouths? A whole lot. But here's the one that kind of haunts all of us, right? The tongue can bring death or life. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Those who love to talk will reap its consequences, good or bad. Right? Most of us have heard this. There is incredible power in what we say. Power for good or power for evil. What we don't realize is that sometimes our words are setting a trap for us. If every word is a seed, and the Bible teaches that it is, what are we going to reap for what we're sowing? 
Jesus said that we'll give an account to God for every idle word that we speak. So how are we using our mouths? Are we setting ourselves free with what we say? Or are we trapping ourselves with our own words? John, how do you keep yourself in bondage um, with your words? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways. Uh, let's just start with negativity. How, uh, are, are we speaking words of faith out of our mouths? Or are we speaking words of doubt? Are we speaking the truth according to the word of God? Or are we dismissing something that God is trying to bring in your life and we're dismissing it with our words? Here's a good test of faith. How often do you use the words never and always? Never and always. Those are, word, those are absolute words. Never and always. I'll never be different than this. Or, or they, they always do that to me. Those words rule out any possibility of change or progress. And that's a chain, if I've ever heard of a chain. Because it's never going to change. What about words of gossip? Lord, we don't want to talk about gossip in the church, do we? Words of gossip, slander, anger, judgment. It is no secret that the harshest, angriest, I'm going to invent some words, gossipiest, um, judgiest, nastiest people in America are quite frequently people who are sitting in church every Sunday. And all you have to do to verify that is just ask people who work retail or people who work restaurants on Sundays, and they'll tell you. They, uh, and you say, well, John, these aren't necessarily followers of Jesus. They're just people who go to church. Well, guess what? The world can't tell the difference. These, these things keep us bound to our old lives and bound to reap the fruit of our words. What we say matters. What we say matters. Luke 6 makes it very clear. When you talk about people, people are going to talk about you. When you judge people, you will get judged. When you're harsh and angry and nasty with people, it will return to you. And how is it going to come back to us? Good measure, pressed down, Shaken together and running over. You're like, John, that's an offering scripture. No, it's not. Read the book. Luke 6 is talking about judgment and anger and all the nastiness that we do. And when we give, it comes back. But what are we giving? Whatever we give is going to come back in that way where it comes back more than we planted. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we planting? We are too often in chains to this vicious cycle of pain that started with our mouth. Now here's the last facet of freedom that we need to be a soul set free. And that's the things that we're thinking and feeling. And let me put it this way. Almost nothing keeps you in chains like our brains. Almost nothing keeps us in chains like our brains. Isn't that the truth? As a matter of fact, even the things that we say or we do are just the fruit 
of a thought or a feeling. That's, that's how it starts. Jesus said the things, that, the things that we say are just the overflow of our heart. And the fruit of our lives is produced uh, from an internal root. So ask yourself this question today. Or maybe ask the Holy Spirit to show you. What thoughts and feelings are keeping you bound in your life? So let's start with unforgiveness. You're like, let's don't start with unforgiveness. No, let's do. Let's start with unforgiveness. And this could be a, seri- this could be a series all to itself. Right? But let me put it this way. Refusing to forgive keeps you chained to that person or to that event until you forgive them. It does not release them from the responsibility of whatever they did because God holds people responsible, not us. It's not up to us anyway. You can hold on to that, to that forever and it's never going to bring that person to account. God handles that. So you forgiving that person doesn't release them. It releases you. And you can't be free until you forgive. And here's the problem with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness never comes by itself. It never comes alone. It brings resentment and bitterness and anger and rage and slander and all all the other chains that come attached to unforgiveness. And you think it's just this one chain. No, you've got a whole suit of armor around you now. Not to protect you, but to hold you back. What about the mental, this, oh my goodness, if there's an epidemic in the church, the mental chain of low self-esteem. And if you don't believe me, then, then, then try making it your job to recruit people to volunteer to do stuff. So many people expect to fail. That's just their bottom line assumption I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. If I do this, it'll fall apart. You you think God sees you the way you see yourself instead of seeing yourself the way God does. In your internal dialogue, you tell yourself you're stupid, you're ugly, you're damaged, you're broken beyond repair, that you're dirty, that you're unworthy of love. You're always the victim, always the outcast. And if you do encounter someone who loves you and accepts you as you are, then then what often happens is that you create a conflict that causes them to reject you and paint you as the victim so you can prove yourself right. And then you go using other those other terms again. I'm always they always treat me this. I'm always the victim. I'll never get through this. Nobody will ever do. See how it's a, a vicious cycle? It's called self-sabotage. And you don't even know you're doing it. You're doing it because you'd rather stay in the chains that you know. You're more comfortable in the chains that you know than to face the pain of the fight for freedom that awaits for you. You can be free, but it's scary, it's intimidating, and it's difficult. So many people stay in abusive situations, in situations that are not good for them, in, 
areas of bondage in their lives simply because it's what they've always known and they'd rather stay in comfort than get freedom at a price. Some people are chained to perversion. They're chained to perverted thoughts. And it might be because you've been so mistreated, sexually abused, you don't even know what's right and wrong anymore. Maybe it's because you've watched so much porn you actually think it's real or that it's normal. Maybe it's fear that's got you bound. Maybe it's anxiety and worry that's based and rooted in fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. Or sometimes fear of success because it ties right back into what you think of yourself. And if I am successful, I'm just going to find a way to make it to make it fail. And it's just a vicious cycle. What are the mental roadblocks in your life? The roadblocks to freedom. Be honest with yourself today. Maybe it's religion. Maybe you think every day you got to get up and earn God's love. And that you're working yourself to death to attain what God has already provided for you. Maybe you're just deceived about your old life. You're thinking about your past sinful life as the good old days and you feel like Jesus is just keeping you from having fun in your life. And we're not talking about just remembering that old life. We're talking about a longing for that old life, a mental and emotional connection to that thing, maybe even a spiritual connection to it. Maybe you're caught up in feelings that you can't seem to get past, feelings of grief or betrayal, hurt, loss. Maybe you're replaying that trauma or those traumas over and over, and every time you close your eyes and you see that thing replay, the chains just get tighter and tighter. How you think and how you feel are just as much bondage as things you say and things you do. Don't underestimate the power of the inner man to keep you bound. But listen, let's pivot. Don't underestimate the power of Jesus to set you free. Because there are so many ways for us to get bound. But let me tell you today, there is hope. There's hope. I know that we as believers believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. It's a whole other thing to believe that Jesus is my hope for my issue. But he is. Two scriptures I want to leave you with. Luke chapter 4. When I got an understanding of this passage of scripture, really this one this one word, when I understood the definition of this one word, changed my life, and I think it altered the course of my ministry forever. I want to read it to you. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus said in his home synagogue in Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The ministry of Jesus on this earth was and is to save you, to heal you, and to set you free. That word oppressed means those that have been crushed 
by tragedy. That is an inner healing need. And he said, I've come to set you free from all of that stuff. One more really familiar passage of Scripture. This is in the King James 21st century version. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Please read this next line with me. He restoreth my soul. John, how can I be a soul set free? Jesus, our good shepherd, is an expert at soul restoration. He restores our mind. He restores our will. He restores our emotions. Now, I know I gave you a lot to think about. Maybe I poked around in some sore spots. I'm sorry about the pain. But if it leads you to a place of healing and wholeness and freedom, it'll be worth it. Next week, we're going to talk about the path to freedom. Now that we, hopefully, we're recognizing that all of us have some areas that we need freedom in, then next week we're going to talk about how to get there. Specific steps from the life of Jesus that will get us on the right road. And specific resources that he's given us to be able to complete that mission. But today, can today just be about getting honest with ourselves? About just crying out to God for help? about opening up our hearts and declaring that we want to be free. Listen, I know we've got more from the Word that's coming next week, and I really do hope that it helps you on on your journey. But listen, Jesus can start healing you right now. He don't need the Word. He is the Word, right? I'm just going to tell you next week what Jesus could start today if you just come and surrender yourself to Him. So I want you to stand with me, please. Altar's open for you to pray about anything that's going on in your life. Whatever it is, you come and pray. If you've got a decision going on, uh, 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 coming up, if you've got uh, sickness in, in your body, you've got a relationship issue, whatever, a financial issue, whatever it is, come and pray. But at some point, please spend a little bit of time, and if there's not something urgent in your life right now, spend the next five minutes trying to get to the root of all these urgent fruits that you see in your life. Why is it? What is going on? What am I still chained to? And if the Lord draws you here, just come and lay yourself on this altar. You can can do it literally. You can come and just pray at this altar and lay your life down and just tell Him, I want to be free. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that you died to put it into power. And I pray that we don't take one word of it for granted. Help us, Lord, not just to know it, not to be able to quote it, but to live it. Because it is a living, breathing word. God, set us free. Set us free. Start today with showing us the areas in which we need freedom. Begin that process of setting us free, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We 
pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.